Welcome to Big Ben and K-Win on NoFilter.net. This is K-Win. Big Ben is out on assignment. Today, we interviewed Mark Madsen, the Cal basketball men's head coach. We had some audio issues. I did, K-Win. So you will not be hearing me on the interview, but we cut up the best clips and audio from Mark during the interview. So you'll be hearing from Mark here shortly. Okay, Wynn, what's going on? How you doing? Uh, great to be on the show. Um, a, a, as you were going through that, man, it brought back a lot of memories. I, I still remember the lob passes you, you were throwing to all of us. When we were playing on uh, Santa Rosa High School, you know, at Akalani's, at Miramonte. And uh, it's, it's great to reconnect. Great to see you. I, I ran into your mom uh, probably about two weeks ago at the high school, had breakfast with Randy, yeah. and it's great to reconnect with you guys. And a lot of great memories, Kyle, and and uh, just all the best to you and your family. And uh, excited to catch up with you. Life takes you on a lot of twists and turns, and and, and right now we, uh, you know, we're, we're back in the area. We were uh, living in Alamo. Our, our kids, in fact, my son had his first official day of school today. He's uh, he's at Live Oak Elementary, which is in San Ramon. And uh, we're just re- really excited to be back. You know, I, I drive my kids past Monterre, Santa Rosa High all the time. And I just tell them, I say, guys, th- th- this this where, this where daddy went to school and showed it to my wife and she loves it. And it's uh, it's awesome to be home. Really grateful to be back in the area. And uh, yeah, it's just a lot of fun. Yeah, I've been fortunate to just play for some great people that, that were also great coaches. I saw John Rayner about th- uh, three and a half, four weeks ago, so probably over a month. Um, he, he was, he's in South Lake Tahoe. It was great to see obviously himself and Janet and, and just to catch up in person was phenomenal. As, as you know, Kyle, we, we had all those great year after year, um, that Santa Rosa high school team is it's a fraternity and it doesn't matter. You and I played together. I played with your brother, but it, it really doesn't matter. I mean, I mean, you know, J- Joey Fuca, you know, he obviously played after us, but the relationship is there. And if anyone says I played at Santa Rosa High School, especially for John Rayner um, or Brian Bottin, there there's a bond, there's a connection, and and it's it, it's a lot of fun to be part of that. You know, I, I think we live in a climate and a and a a time period in the evolution of college basketball where if a university does not provide or if a university's donor base you know if they don't take nil opportunities seriously um you're gonna be left behind and that's the reality that's the reality the reality that almost every university is dealing with Uh, we're fortunate cal cal's never going to be alabama it's never going to be ucla or usc or oregon in terms of dollars spent in name image and likeness but um we're gonna do our best to be competitive and a lot of people have stepped up businesses individuals to help create name, image, and likeness, NIL opportunities for kind of a wide range of student athletes at Cal. But that, like you said, Cal, that's one piece of the equation. That's one piece of the puzzle because there's so many more things to a a Berkeley degree. You know, you look at the engineering department, you know, you look at the fine arts, you look at the school of arts and letters, the academic rigor. And you and I played with uh, Tucker Calloway, obviously, who went to Cal. You know, your older brother played with. I mean, the the legacy of individuals, of families, of communities, of people that are going to Cal that have gone to Cal, 
and then just get back out there in the world and contribute in a huge way, you know, put, put their mark on things. It's a great group to be a part of. It's a wonderful university and I'm honored to be there as the coach. I, I think a lot of things, first of all, um, you know, I had never, I had spent time at Cal. I'd played games. I'd, you know, gone over there a, a few times for different things. But when, when you look at the totality of the campus, you know, it, it is the best public education in the world. And, you know, when you see that up close, when you start meeting professors, when you start, you know, I was at a, I was at a function there was where there's a Nobel laureate who had been instrumental in setting up, you know, obviously that, that telescope. Um, that is now out in outer space that's doing amazing things in terms of the scientific research, images, radio waves, you know, different measurements of the galaxies in the universes. I mean, it, it is incredible to, to be there with the cutting edge academic prowess. And so that piece is amazing. You know, athletics. I mean, when you look at the number of Olympians and gold medalists, and, you know, high level athletes at Cal, it's an honor to be part of this group. Um, you know, I, I never really realized, um, you know, I knew it because I grew up in Danville, but to be able to come to Berkeley yeah. as a city every day is awesome. I probably eat lunch on Telegraph probably two or three times every two weeks. And, and, and the restaurants there, the people are just- Is Fat Slice Pizza still there? Which, which pizza place? Fat Slice and Top Dog, that's where I used to go. Because <laughs> I didn't have anybody. But I'm gonna have to check out those spots. Zachary's Pizza is one spot, and then, oh, and then that's it, Zachary. Yeah, 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 Zachary's, and the Mezzo Cafe has been my. That's kind of my go-to in terms of, you know, they they trick you into think thinking you're eating healthily with salads, but the salads are amazing. Well, you, you know, there's a lot of rumors out there. There are rumors of Cal going to the ACC. There are rumors of Cal going to the Big Ten, and I can say that's above my pay grade. I know that our athletic director, Jim Nolden, is working day and night. Chancellor Christ is burning the midnight oil in her office, you know, tearing up the phone lines. And I have no doubt that we are going to get a great opportunity in terms of conference so that, you know, the, the Cal sports community, the student athletes currently at Cal are going to have a great opportunity to be, be in a competitive, a very competitive conference. And I don't know the timing, Kyle. I wish I had inside information. I mean, you know, to be honest, I, I get bits and pieces from from different people, but those, again, those when there is something to report in terms of something concrete, Cal, Cal will make the release, and and we're hopeful for great news. So I want to do a little word association. I'm going to give you a name of a player that you either played with or against, and I want you just to say first thing that comes to your mind. Nathan Davis. Shooter. Nathan Davis, He, I played with him. He was a freshman. I was a senior. I kept telling Nathan, I said, Nathan, you're such a great shooter. Shoot more. Shoot more. Every time you're open, shoot. He was an unbelievable shooter, a great person. His older sister, Rachel, and I were classmates, class of 94. And you talk about just an amazing family. That's the Davis family. And uh, it was awesome to play with Nathan for that one year. I ran into him. Um, actually, I've run into him in the last five or 10 years down at Lakers games. And then I, yeah. I, I saw Rachel and her husband a few times when I was actually playing. I've lost touch with her, but but uh, that brings back a lot of good memories playing with Nathan. Bob Myers. Sharp elbows. Sharp elbows. <laughs> Mid-range jumper. Mentor. Great friend. 
great person, high character. Um, you know, Bob, we, we had some battles. You, you were part of some of those battles, Kyle. And it, it's it's crazy where life takes you. You know, Bob went to UCLA, had an unbelievable career. And then, you know, alongside the Lakeham family, um, Bob was really instrumental working alongside that whole organization in creating one of the greatest dynasties that, that's ever been in the NBA. And, you know, Bob is someone who just really understands. First of all, he's incredibly smart. And so, so he's got the, the mind, but then he, he also couples the mind with understanding people, relationships, and different dynamics and how to work with people and bring people together. And I think that's what he did at the Warriors um, to help bring all those championships and to help bring all that enjoyment of basketball at the highest level for coaches, for players, but also for the casual fan. It, it was really kind of a unique time at the Warriors. <laughs> Anytime San Ramon beats Monta Vista, Kyle, as you know, is a great day. And, and that year in particular, we were 3-0. and I remember uh, Ryan Luther had an unbelievable last-second shot. You remember that That's shot? Right. At home yeah. in a gym that's no longer there at San Ramon. It's been demolished. There's tennis courts and a little slice of a pool in place of that gym. But uh, that was a tough year for Monta Vista and a great year for San Ramon. Circus King. I saw Raymond Circus King three weeks ago, when I three months ago, when I took the Cal job. We had a little reception. So <clears throat> Stanford was in touch with Circus King to try to bring Circus to Stanford. He ended up going to Cal, but just, just a unique player and a tremendous human being that <clears throat> made the game of basketball fun, made the game of basketball entertaining. You know, in, <clears throat> in sports, we, we, we talk about that ball being on a string. With, with, with Circus, that ball was on a string. He's the guy that's crossing people over. People are falling down, spraining their ankles. He was never a guy that got a guy to fall and then looked at him and then shot. Yeah. That was his game. Too much respect. He would cross somebody up, they would stumble, and he would just rise up and shoot the soft jumper. But uh, a big piece and a big person and a big personality in Bay Area basketball. Allen Iverson. Oh, oh. One of my favorite players of all time. Um I was coaching for the Lakers, you know, and and we were we were playing the Philadelphia 76ers and the elevator opened and, and there was there he was, AI. I'm like, I don't, I don't really know him all that well, but you know each other a little bit just from being uh on the other side of the competition. I said, Yeah, hey, what's what's going on? And he said, What's up back? And it was uh, you know, playing against a player like that was was uh historic for me. It was, you know, I'll tell my kids about it. And what, what I love about AI is just obviously the, the skill level was there, but so was the heart. And I think that's what endeared him to every single fan in Philadelphia, in Pennsylvania, all around the country. Because here's a guy that's 5'10 and a half, 5'11, 160 pounds, but he dominated games. I, I did a camp in Minnesota when I was at the Timberwolves, and Allen Iverson was one of the guys I would talk about all the time because mm -hmm. it, the game of basketball is not about stature, it's not about size. It's about heart. And that's what Allen Iverson, you know, I think exemplified when he played. He took a shot in front of the Lakers bench in the NBA finals and they won the game. And I remember he rose up to shoot. I was on the bench. Against Ty this was against Teron Lou. And and I just screamed so loud, shot to try to distract AI, to try to get him to miss the shot. He nailed it. 
he turned around to look right at me. Well, I just looked away, you know. <laughs> and then, and then, unfortunately, he stepped over one of our teammates, and they ended up winning the game. LA went into a crisis, you know. Now, eventually, we came back and won the series, but Allen Iverson has forever changed the game of basketball, um, with with just his heart, the way he played, and the fearless mentality that he had. It, it was an amazing combination. It was an amazing combination, and and. You know that that year they they made it to the NBA Finals in Philadelphia. Really, outside of him, I mean, they they had they had some good players on that team, but it was a lot of role players. And, and Allen Iverson yeah. just he helped will that team to the NBA Finals. We had we had been waiting on Philly for like a week. Phil gave us two days off. It might have been ten days. Phil gave us two days off during that time. <laughs> and you know, Philly had had every one of their series. Almost everyone was a seven game series, and so. They like it played on a Saturday night and they were playing us on a Monday or Tuesday. And I'm thinking there's no way that we're going to lose this game, but they came in so hungry. They smacked us in game one. (laughs) (laughs) It was amazing. Um, You know, one time in practice, I'll start with a funny story. You you know, Phil Jackson, he, he liked to, we did a lot of work on the triangle offense. We did some fundamental work with footwork. He always talked about, pivoting he called it the four pivots inside outside pivot both ways um and then we would play and so one time we were playing live and somehow i switched on to kobe in a transition situation maybe his defender gone and missed a layup and fallen down so i picked up kobe and i'm i'm thinking yeah and and so I, i got low i got into a stance kobe crossed me up i fell down and uh yeah, I went sliding backwards because it was in transition. So I had some momentum <laughs> sliding backwards. I felt that I, I was in the motion of getting back up to like continue mm-hmm. to try to guard Kobe and Phil Jackson just blew the whistle. <laughs> and it was just one of the most, we all just started laughing. We, we all just, <laughs> it, it was one of those things. And, you know, I was the guy that got crossed up, but yeah. You know, we're all that, but it didn't feel like anyone was laughing at me. It was just the situation. We were all laughing together. Because here I am, overmatched. I'm trying my hardest. I get crossed. I go flying. <laughs> you know, I don't know if anyone else from that team would remember that, but I remember it like it was yesterday. And it, it, it showed the fact that Phil Jackson had a sense of humor. And, uh, you know, we had some battles. Kobe was someone that if you didn't come to practice ready to go every single day, Kobe was going to go at you and he was going to challenge you to raise your game. He was going to challenge you to be the best, best version of yourself. Um, Shaq was a guy that, you know, Shaquille, when he stepped onto the court, if you weren't ready to play, you would get, you would get jammed underneath the rim. You would get dunked on and he took no prisoners. Shaquille took no prisoners. And so to have both of those guys on the same team, and it's funny, you know, in the moment you're playing with them and you're like, Oh, this is cool. But then later when you leave the team, it's like, oh my gosh, that, that was that was unbelievable. It was unreal to be with both of those guys for three years. Kobe's work ethic. Kobe would get to practice um, early. There were times when he would work on his footwork for an hour at like eight in the morning. He would have already gotten his shots up. And then he just worked on, again, the four pivots. Inside reverse pivot, outside reverse pivot, front turn, reverse turn, and he would just work on the pivots. Um, he, he would go block, elbow, elbow, block. 
and, and, and he would just work on the pivots and then he would add the shot to the pivots. Then he would add kind of a, a fake step into a pivot. And I think it was a combination of kind of the Phil Jackson philosophy coupled with uh, some of the things he had learned from Elijah one. How many championships do you think they would have won? You know, that that is the question. And I honestly believe they could have won three to five additional championships because no one was close. The Spurs a little bit, the Spurs a little bit, but but really not much, really not much. They, they had some nice pieces down there in San Antonio, but it was nothing compared to Kobe in his prime and then Shaquille, the most dominant player that's ever played the game. And so, but it came down to the fact that, you know, the Lakers, and again, I, I view the Bus family as the best managing owners, probably in any franchise, possibly in history. When you talk yeah. about the combination of winning, treating players like family, and demanding the best of everyone in an organization, that's the Bus family to a T. Um, you know, financially, I think both those players just the amounts kept going up and up and up. And the Lakers, the bus family kept going up and up and up. But eventually, you know, you kind of had to pick one. And, and you know, we were still able to win another couple of championships later in his, in his career. Yeah, it still worked out. Uh, but I agree with you. I was thinking about it. I'm like, I think they would have got six or seven together. I think after the 3P, they probably, guys probably would have lost to the Spurs just because it's hard to win four in a row. Yeah. And you never know, because even the year the Spurs, the Spurs got lucky a little bit in the sense that that Robert Ory's shot was off one, one series. And, yeah. you know, um, Kobe was a little bit off. Ginobili was playing out of his mind. And so the stars kind of aligned that one year for the Spurs to knock us out. And, and, and you got to give them credit where credit is due. But but the Spurs, the Spurs were not going to be a dynasty. That that was clear to everyone in the league. Again, great organization, great people, great team. But it but it wasn't quite at the same level as say the Warriors or the Lakers. Now, in both the championship parades, you danced, and it was a memorable <laughs> dance. Did you ever think of going on Dancing with the Stars? That that would have been a complete disaster, Kyle. Complete disaster. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you and I know we were probably at a lot of the same high school dances, you know, yeah. uh, you don't have rhythm. You don't have it. If you don't have rhythm, you don't have it. But I wasn't the only guy with no rhythm. I mean, I'll, I always tell Devin George his rhythm, you know, left a lot to be desired. You know, T. Lou, not, not the greatest rhythm, but, but for some reason I got singled out, Kyle. I don't know why. <laughs> I think it's because you're, you're a tall guy. You're taller than everyone. The camera can spot you. <laughs> <laughs> no, those those were uh, those were great times. I'll never forget Shaquille getting up at uh, at City Hall in L.A. and he just proclaimed it on the microphone. He said, "Los Angeles is the new capital of California." Again, the, the, the Sacramento fan base they didn't like it, but you know, and and I, again, all due respect to the Sacramento fan base, but they've got to move on from the cowbell. The, the the cowbell is, you know, they, they got to move on from that at some point because it hasn't worked. Didn't work against the Lakers. It didn't work against the Warriors. So something different. But I will say this about the Kings. They're an up-and-coming organization and and uh, yeah. good ownership, good good coaching, and w wish them well. But they were awfully good to the Lakers back in the day. What are you most excited about heading into the season? You know, I'm excited about a lot of things. The biggest thing that gets me excited is this is an outstanding group of young men. 
they are they are truly student athletes. You, you know, they they take their academics seriously, and then they love basketball. And when you have a group of guys like that, um, that love to be in the gym, that will compete, that that will have each other's back, a lot of great things are possible. Bye.